Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, June 23rd, the Carpooling with the Enemy edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I make a podcast called The Best Advice Show. And I am a dad to Noah, who's four, and Ami, who's one. We live in Detroit. We've got a carpooling conundrum today, you guys. Our letter writer relies on splitting the long school drive with another parent, which should be great. But it turns out that the girl they're carpooling with isn't nice to her daughter. What should she do? And then on Slate Plus, we're going to talk about the best ways to keep your kids entertained on road trips. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. You can kind of like integrate it into I Spy, like, look. There's a building over there. Where? Oh, my God. There's a bear up there. You know, just like do like really silly stuff. I think it's mind expanding. It's fun. Everyone can play. And it's a great little uh, gap activity. If you want a weekly bonus segment from us and your other Slate favorites, consider signing up for Slate Plus. You'll also get to listen ad free and get unlimited access to the Slate website. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Again, that's slate.com slash mom and dad plus. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive into triumphs and fails. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. We thought it would be fun this week if we dove into our archives and relived some epic summer triumphs and fails from our past. Zach, you want to go first? I was going to talk about my own childhood. We'll call it a failure, but it's not a failure. That's stigmatizing. This is just a moment in time from when I first went to camp. I went to sleepover camp young, I think six years old. I think I was actually pretty excited going. I didn't have a lot of anxiety. I think I was I was ready. A lot of my friends were in my cabin with me. And I only went for 10 days. So it was like a, a mini session. And I remember... Only. It's a yeah, long time. It is a long days. time. You're right. For a six-year-old, you're right. It may have even been seven, but I think it was 10. I'm pretty sure it was 10. 
And I have this such a distinct visceral memory of what I'm about to tell you. This is, you know, 30 plus years ago. I went to camp with um, an art, like a green army blanket as my comforter. And like the first or second day of camp, I wake up and it's wet. It smells like pee. But I'm six and I don't, I can't even put it together. Like, I'm not a bedwetter. And it's it's like, what is that smell? Why is it wet? But I'm six. I'm like, uh, I don't know. And I just like forget about it and spend the next week with like a, a piss, a piss, not soaked because it dries, but a piss smelling blanket that I can smell right now. I'm telling you, I can, I can smell it right now. I, I could tell you where my bed was in the cabin. It was second from the door on the left. At what point did you, do you realize that you've peed the bed though? Like, is this like years later? It could have been years. And what I also like am, am thinking about um, in retrospect is like my counselors are kids. I don't know at, at the time, you know, I think, oh, they're these like uh, they're massive adults, but they're like 15 and 16 year olds. They're not going around and doing like smell checks. I guess it wasn't overwhelming enough to know. So like they didn't come in and be like, oh, we're going to take care of this. We're going to take this to the, you know, to the laundry machine. I just like slept and pee for a week. My mom may have been the one to be like, Zach, like what what happened when I gave her my blanket a week later. But when I think about summer, when I think about camp, when I think about early memories, my wet bed is is what I think of. So I don't want to call it a failure because kids, we, we wet the bed, kids. It's a memory. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. That's both hysterical and also I'm sorry. I used to work as a camp counselor. So I definitely, like, as an adult now, I think all the time, like, I was a child. You left your kids <laughs> with me in Washington, D.C., and I was a child. <laughs> it's, like, amazing that you got your child back. <laughs> I'm going to have to get over that eventually and send my kids to, to overnight camp. Okay, mine also relates to um to excrement, but not mine. We, uh, our first trip... With Henry, he was like six weeks old, and we <laughs> decided we had to move from California, actually out here to Colorado, and we decided, <laughs> because we didn't know anything about having a baby, that we would like hit all the national parks between <laughs> Colorado and here with this baby. And um, I also had had a um, vaginal birth that left me quite a mess. And so I don't know what I was thinking. I like thought we were going to go hiking. None of that happened. We did manage to like see some of the parks, but we were in Bryce Canyon and this lovely family had stopped us and asked if they could take a picture of Jeff and I and our new baby. And I got Henry out of his little carrier and I turned him around and I'm holding him on this like tree stump. And he just poops that newborn poop everywhere everywhere and they take this great we have this lovely family photo and then i just remember looking down and now like he is covered in breastfed poop i am covered in breastfed poop which the good news of that is that it it cleans up quite easily except i didn't have like i didn't have any of the things i i we had run out of wipes and i we were bryce canyon is not near anything so jeff's like okay we we strip henry down we put him in um in a um, swaddler, just like he's naked in this swaddler. I think I got a new diaper on him. And he's like, we'll drive to the hotel. So we drive. It's like, you know, 30 minutes out of the park to the only hotel. Uh, We get there. They're like, your room's not ready. (laughs) I'm like, this is not an option. And we're like debating. Do we like tell this again, teen at the front desk, like we need any room. We need a bathtub. We need a bathtub. We need a sink. We need something to clean this child and this mom up. We eventually do 
tell them that. And I am just like cleaning this mess. I don't, again, I don't know what I'm doing. I like don't really have the diaper bag packed properly. It was, I just remember thinking like we will never travel or do anything again. <laughs> really what the, the message there, I think all the time, at least my baby's not naked in the back of the car and we can't find a bathtub. Like, like, I'm like we hit rock bottom so early that everything from there on. <laughs> but every summer trip, I, I also think that's why I overpack the minivan, uh, is that when we're getting ready for a trip, I just think I'm never going to be, pre- you know, not prepared in the middle of Bryce Canyon <laughs> for any any event that happens. So, you know, if I see you on vacation and I give you something from my car, it is because I genuinely am, am empathizing and wish that some other mom had been like, here are some wipes. Here is what you do in this situation. Like, this is not the end of the world, you know. Um, yes, we survived, though. And now look at how much you've traveled since then. Well, yeah, I've been pooped on in Bryce Canyon. What else? I mean, you know, bottom. <laughs> Explaining <laughs> to the teen that you just need a sink to clean yourself and your baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I just needed to not smell like poop. That's all I'm saying. Jamila, how about you? Summer of 1996. I It was the summer I turned 12. I worked uh, between 6th and 7th grade. I was a junior counselor at, an after, at a day camp. Um, I was paid $5 a day. It was basically just transportation reimbursement. That was bus fare. But, you know, I got a check every two weeks for 50 bucks and my mom let me keep it. So that was great. So I felt like I had a job. And like there were other kids at the camp that were my age that were campers. But like the camp director just took like a special interest in me. And by me, like she had a crush on my dad. And so she gave me a job for the summer and I got to be responsible. And it was very cool um, and fun being a junior camp counselor. I got to feel like one of the big kids and, you know, help out keeping the camp going and stuff. And so there was like an end of the summer carnival of some sort and they needed somebody to sit in the dunk tank and I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Cool. And so I volunteer and then the day comes And then I get, I see the tank and I'm kind of like, wait. And then I get in the seat and then I'm like, hell no, no, no way, no how. What a terrible idea. I'm going to just be thrown into water. I'm going to look crazy. Like, what was I thinking? Like the fear that comes over me. And so like, not only what. I've, I like, particularly when I was younger, I'm better now because I dance and stuff, but I wasn't the most physical kid, you know? So I wasn't the kid who knew how to climb in and out of stuff really easily. I'm going to need some help, you know? So, like, not only did I, like, just decide on everybody, like, I'm not doing this, I couldn't get out. Like, I needed help getting out. And I remember one of the counselors calling it a free willy moment. And I felt so bad because I was so embarrassed, but there was just no way. There was no how. So the fail was me saying that I would do it in the first place. Me not doing it was a triumph because I knew it was not for me. I knew I did not have the composition to get, you know, repeatedly tossed into water. Um, But yes, I wish that I had come to that conclusion before I got physically in the dunk tank. Would you get in a dunk tank now? <laughs> no, never. I wear fake eyelashes, number one. So uh, there's that on that. I just think there's, <laughs> yeah, there's no way that you come out looking. Jeff, they do one at, at like the school picnic, you know, for the academy. And I just see everyone get in there and I just think they're, you're absolutely right. You look dumb sitting there. You look dumb falling into the tank and you, you look wait. worse trying to get out of the tank. 
<laughs> dirty ass tank. They're not clean. It is always dirty water. <laughs> oh, that's that's a very that's a cesspool of a of an experience. Yeah, that's that's not good. I'll I'll pass. Now, if there, I'm like I don't even know that there are goggles that would stay on my eyes. Because all I'm honestly just thinking about my eyelashes. I'm like, could I? Could I really just be like, I'll just look a mess for these kids? And I think the answer is no. There's other ways to help the children. <laughs> There's other ways to help the children. I'll sell candy bars. Yeah, yeah. But I won't be. Getting I'll sell in the, the tickets tank. to the dunk tank. <laughs> I will throw the ball and get somebody else in the dunk tank. Exactly. But I will not be getting in there myself. Let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into today's listener question. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. Let's hear this listener question. It's being read, as always, by the fabulous Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad are fighting. I'm a mother of a very happy and bubbly 10-year-old girl and a similarly happy and bubbly 5-year-old boy. We live in Ireland, and a few years ago we moved from the city to the suburbs. Our daughter was so happy with her school that we kept her there even though it's a 30-minute drive. We now carpool with the family who lives near us, and it's made a huge positive difference to my life, saving me time and money and making my work life much less stressful. However, my daughter and the other child, who used to be friends, are now not really getting along, at least when they're in the car. It feels very toxic. The other child only talks about things my daughter has gotten wrong or hasn't been invited to. When we approach the school, she races ahead and doesn't say goodbye or thank you. My daughter says she prefers it when it's just us, and she's finding it all wearing. But she knows that we have to do this for lots of reasons. We have two and a half more years at this school, and then she'll transfer to a local school. I should say that my daughter has lots of friends, both in and out of school, but she is in a small class and recently has said that the girls don't like to play with her and she feels excluded. What should I do? Ignore it? Talk to the other parents? Stop carpooling? Move schools? 
I think the last one is extreme, but some days I don't. It's not nice. I had a toxic carpool around this age, so it's possible I'm projecting. Thanks. Wish it didn't have to be this way. I was thinking about talking about like conflict resolution and like, but it's like this girl is the, this, this other kid is the problem. Your, your kid is fine. It sounds like they're being bullied. it, It really sucks to have to be in that confined space with someone who you feel is just not kind and um, it's not okay. And so I think the first thing to do is talk to the parent of this other child and just give them a sense of what's going on. You don't have to like point a finger in a really explicit way, but you can say, hey, notice our kids are not not very communicative and, and, and not talking very much and there might be some you know, some kind of issue. And just, I wonder what, what the other kid's parent would say to this, because you can't ignore this. A carpool is invaluable in terms of lightening the the load of morning responsibilities. So I think it, it could get to the point where maybe you do pull out of the carpool, but I think it would be worth trying to just see if you can get anywhere with this. And it's not like these, these kids don't need to be friends. Like you don't need to be fr- friends with the people in your carpool. That's fine. But you also don't want an asshole in your car either. And I don't mean to call this other kid an asshole, but um, it just sounds like she thinks she's too cool for school. Um, She's too cool for your daughter. And um, I don't like it. And I think she needs an attitude adjustment. But yeah, friendship shouldn't be the goal here. I think just like making sure that that your daughter doesn't feel like crap every morning um, is like the very least that that, um, you can strive for here. And I think that it's a realistic goal. Um, But yeah, you can't just let this fester. I want to get in this car and find out what's happening because like, why dear letter writer, are you letting this happen? I guess (laughs) like, are you saying something when this happens? Are you setting some carpool ground rules? Right? Like if I think it is okay as the carpool driver to say like, hey, what you're saying is not kind and we're only going to have kind words here or whatever that line needs to be. I mean, one, I would definitely think you need to talk to the other parents. That's that's always like step one. I Also, because like, is it happening on their days too? And they, they don't notice it or it doesn't happen because the daughter's there or, you know, if it is happening and then they're not saying anything to their own child, then maybe this is not a great carpool situation. But I, I do think that you need to say something and you also need to help your child speak up for herself. Like this is an opportunity in a very safe environment when you are there to be able to say, when you talk about the things I get wrong, I don't, I don't really love it. Um, it really hurts my feelings. I, I, those are all things that maybe need to be, to be said. There's a, a great book actually that Henry just finished called Growing Friendships, A Kid's Guide to Making and Keeping Friends. And Again, I don't think there has to be a friendship here, but one of the things this this book addresses is kind of this idea of these people that are in our lives that we are forced to be with for different reasons. You sit by them on the bus, you are in an activity with them, whatever, they're your friends, right, who are engaging in this. I mean, it doesn't sound like this person is, this child is necessarily like coming at the the daughter, but creating a a bad environment. How do you stick up for yourself in, in those situations and still be kind and and polite and model kind of what the, you know, how you want to be treated? 
The other thing I'm thinking is like, maybe you guys just need an audiobook. Maybe like the, on the way to and from school, <laughs> it's like we listen to this podcast. We don't need to engage in any conversation. We're just all going to sit in our seats, listen to this shared thing and get out of the car. Maybe you could even listen to like, where should we begin? Like Esther Perel's show where she's a therapist trying to resolve conflict between couples. And she also has has another show where she's trying to resolve conflict between um, like work associates. But like, maybe you could just like passive aggressively play that as an idea i do want to say really quick elizabeth that um i would wait before saying something directly to the girl because it might make your daughter like mom i can't believe you said something so talk to your daughter first before you say the thing just to just to clarify but um sorry what were you gonna say you can also set rules though like in this car we don't at whatever your household rules are like i have enforced that in my car with other people you know um are some of our best friends like my kids and their kids get super rowdy in the car and I just have rules about that and I just it doesn't matter who's in the car it's like in this car we don't x <laughs> like, like we just don't so whoever's doing it stop yeah Jamila what do you think I agree with you both and I also you know it's definitely time for a conversation with this kid's parents and I think they need to understand how uncomfortable they've made your child feel and I would imagine that this is a situation that benefits them too and that you know they would hate to lose the carpool because that would mean five days of having to get their kids to school and so um, you need their partnership in talking to their child about the way that they speak to your little one and I, I agree that it'd be great to you know, discourage talking in the car and put on a podcast. When you do hear not nice comments, you challenge them. You know, you can correct other people's children too, not just your own. But um, I noticed that you mentioned that your child also feels somewhat left out at school. And I don't know if this girl is in her class and is a part of that or, if, you know, if in general your little one's just not having the easiest time connecting with classmates at this particular school. I think that you should also talk to the teacher, see what they've observed. The girls don't like to play with her. Why is that? Are there some cultural differences? Is she shy? Can she be a bit abrasive? I think you should try to figure out what exactly her school day looks like and what kind of, you know, issues she's having with the little girls. Is she being rejected or is she just not being sought out? You know, which are two different things, right? Like it's one thing to try and engage and play with kids and for them to say, we don't want to deal with you. And it's another, if you're just not as outgoing and bubbly at school as you are at home. And so kids are not necessarily coming up to you and saying, hey, stranger, let's play. But I definitely think that you should lean on you know, this other parent, the teacher, and, you know, perhaps parents of other children in the class, if you have communication with them for some support, because you really need to figure out how you can help her to have an easier time socially in general. So I think it's fine to even decide, like, look, we don't like carpool girl, you know, like she is somebody that we deal with. You will deal with people you don't like throughout your life. And, you know, that's just a part of life. So as long as you all can get through this ride respectfully, then it's not a big deal. But I don't think that, you know, it's it's one thing to have to deal with somebody you find less than pleasant in the morning. It's another to start your day off with that and then go into an environment where you don't feel welcome, you know, and, and for that to be the remainder of your day. So I, I think a really good look at what's going on with her at school is important right now. Yeah, I th I think on that kind of thread of thinking too, like, 
I think evaluate whether moving schools make some sense. Like you already are going to move to a local school in two, let's say two years at this point, right? You're going to finish out the school year. But in, in two years, you're going to move. Is there a chance that if she's not really clicking at school anymore, the carpool is kind of a nightmare. It's 30 minutes away. So I assume that that also means maybe you're not as plugged into the community as you once were. What is there a local school that eventually feeds into this local school you were going to move her to anyway? And and if that's an option, I just always think that we think of these things as like, well, we've gone to the school and we're going to go to the school until its conclusion. But if there's kind of a natural breaking point, this may be an opportunity to to do that switch now, make some new friends, and then when the local the I assume moving to a a middle school or grade school or however they organize it in Ireland and go to essentially a feeder school now, make some friends and make that transition all together with this new group instead of in two years. I'm not saying that's a solution, but you pose it as sort of like, it's so extreme that we would leave this school. And I feel like maybe it's not that extreme. Like maybe the signals we're getting is that this is no longer a good fit for your daughter. Well, letter writer, we hope it doesn't have to be this way much longer and that things turn around for you soon. Please send us an update if you can. We love to hear them. Anyone else who has a letter can also shoot us a note at slate.com or send us a voice memo. You might even hear it on the show. You can send any other questions you have there as well. And that is it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday, so be sure to tune in. And while you're at it, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Jasmine Ellis. For Zach Rosen and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening. has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.